0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans, to lightweight French terry joggers, and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America, and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code staple two zero.
2: That day, when I was helping my stepmom at the restaurant, my stepsister <laughs> Kelly had to take order from an Italian customer. Hmm? Unable to hear what he said, she rummaged through the <laughs> spices on the table in a desperate attempt to find whatever <laughs> sounded close to it. Unfortunately, huh? she <gasps> spilled a bowl of pepper on him, making the customer banging on the table angrily.
3: Idiota! Che stai facendo?
2: My stepmom scolded Kelly for being useless while I hurriedly apologized to the customer. Don't worry, sir. Mm? I'll make you another pizza huh? with more mozzarella. <laughs> at my swiftness, the customer <laughs> smiled satisfactorily, but mom and Kelly looked at me with envy. Kelly even tripped me, causing me to fall to the ground. Booyah! I'm Joanna, a 17-year-old Florida girl. As you can see, I live with my stepmom Susan and her daughter Kelly. Susan is a mean, hot-headed person and Kelly obeyed her mom like a puppy. They kept giving me trouble, especially after my dad passed away from a heart attack a few years ago. My stepmom made me work long hours at the family restaurant and do all the household chores. One time, I had a club appointment but was unable to attend it. Because she suddenly told me to cook for a 10 to celebrate Easter, a very unreasonable request. That night, while she was flaunting her new bracelet and wealth with the guests, I angrily brought out the food and invited them to the meal. When Susan saw that, she boasted. My talented daughter prepared everything. Well done, Kelly. Then Kelly stood up proudly. Yes, I huh? put my love and dedication into these dishes just for you. Please, enjoy. A guest excitedly brought a spoon of hot pumpkin soup to his mouth, but spit it immediately. It's too salty! All the curious guests tasted the dishes one by one, Not only were the soups salty, the grilled chicken and other dishes were also too sweet or too sour. YES! I knew Susan and Kelly would do something so shameless like that, so I had intentionally ruined the meal to humiliate them. Just like that, Susan's guests went home in disappointment. Kelly was deeply embarrassed and Susan was furious. She grounded me and gave me double the housework, but oh well, I was used to it anyway. You know, Kelly saw me as an eyesore, both at home and at school. We were always rivals in every ranking. If I was the one with the best results in extracurricular activities and foreign language, Kelly excelled in natural sciences. Once after I signed up to join the musical club, the next day Kelly was also on the application list even though she hated singing and dancing. What the heck? When the club president asked each of us to choose a prop, I went for the Pikachu outfit, but at the same time, Kelly picked it up. It's mine! I took it first! It was not a surprise. She hated me so much, she wanted to take everything I liked. We were fighting fiercely over the suit, but suddenly, Kelly slipped her hand and ripped the Pikachu's head. Worse, it flew away and accidentally landed on the club president's head and knocked her down. As a result, both of us were punished by cleaning the stage after school. Jeez. While cleaning, we saw a poster about an upcoming play named Cinderella. <gasps> the male lead was Leon, the music club Hearthrock, who was also Kelly's crush, <laughs> and he was looking for a female <sighs> lead. I looked at the poster that immediately called the organizers <laughs> to sign up. You know, acting in musicals has always been my dream, but just when I mentioned the word apply, I <gasps> smashed my phone. You wanna steal my Leon? Don't even try! Kelly crazily pushed me to the ground. As we struggled back and forth, suddenly a hand picked up my phone. How about both of you apply for it? It was Leon. He had witnessed the whole thing. I can't wait to see you too there. Toodles. After saying that, he walked away. The moment he disappeared, we continued to fight. An orphan like you will never win against me. Oh yeah, we'll see about that. This time, I was determined to defeat my stepsister. In the days that followed, I focused on singing and acting, while Kelly focused on flirting with Leon and followed him like a tail instead of studying the role. But her mom had a better idea. She forced Kelly to practice vocals day and night. One time, I was walking past Kelly's room and heard Susan (laughs) shouting, If you can't even win against that orphan, you are worthless. It made (laughs) Kelly burst into tears. At that moment, I found her more pitiful than obnoxious. In the end, my efforts paid off. The one who was chosen as Cinderella's female lead was me. But behind the scenes, I caught Kelly confessing to Leon. Leon, I'd liked you for a long time. I can be the perfect Cinderella for your prince charming. Please choose me. Oh please, you're too ugly to be my princess. Hearing yeah. that, Kelly burst into tears and ran away. Out of nowhere, <laughs> a guy high-fived Leon. Nice dude, you finally cut the tail off. Huh, I know Joanna would win. That pretty chick deserves to stand by my side. That rejection was harsh, though. Kelly bawled her eyes out when she was rejected. (laughs) What? A jerk! It turned out that Leon was not as sweet as I thought. I filmed the whole thing, then found Kelly in the hallway. As she was crying non-stop, I gave her my handkerchief, but she brushed it off. Now you have it all! Are you satisfied? I never meant to compete with you. Furthermore, don't cry over such a jerk. With that said, I showed her the video of Leon and his pal talking. (gasps) Kelly was about to give him a beating, but I pulled her back. Wait, I've got an idea. The day the play began, despite not being cast as Cinderella, Kelly was cast as the stepsister. The play went smoothly until the most important part. When Kelly was struggling to put on the unfit glass high heels, I walked out onto the stage in a gorgeous gown and amazed everyone with my dazzling acting skills. As I gently sat down on the chair, Leon gallantly came in front of me while holding a glass heel. Are you the girl who danced with me until 12 o'clock that night? Take a guess, my dear prince. The audience marveled at my somewhat sly answer, and the club president hurriedly flipped through the script because of this unexpected line. Leon froze. His stunned face looked so funny. Uh, Alright, please try this truths then. Saying that, he lifted the bottom of my dress up and was shocked to see a pair of Nike Air Jordans. He panicked while the audience was in an uproar. The club president thought that I forgot to take off my shoes, so she called the props team to quickly come to support. Don't be surprised, I prefer to wear sneakers because those breakable high heels suit you more, a feeble loser who enjoys breaking a maiden's heart. While Leon was bewildered, Kelly stood up and pointed to his face. That's right! This prince is an arrogant jerk! Suddenly, the screen showed a scene of Leon and his pal talking about us sisters. The audience booed at Leon, making him flustered, and quickly grabbed the glass heels, then turned to Kelly as the final attempt to save his face. Kelly, I was wrong. Please be the female lead. Kelly looked at the heels and hesitated, while Susan shouted below. Take them and the roll! But something <gasps> snapped inside Kelly. She grabbed the heels and smashed <gasps> it on the ground! Oh, please, you're too ugly to be my prince. Being rejected in front of everyone, he ran away in shame as the audience gave us a big round of applause. Susan ran onto the stage to criticize Kelly for being an idiot, for not taking that opportunity, but was outright dismissed by her daughter. Joanna was there for me when I broke apart, yet the only thing you've been doing is bringing us down. That's it. I'm done, mother. Then Kelly pulled me off the stage. After that one of a lifetime play, Kelly and I have become besties. You see, everything can be better when we're nice to each other. And for all the girls watching this right now, it doesn't matter if you wear a pair of high heels or a pair of Jordans. Keep believing in kindness because it's the ultimate crown to be the real princess.
3: As if with a snap of my fingers, I suddenly was able to get inside people's heads. Well, not with a snap, of course, but because of a massive collision with a car bumper. And not literally get inside, but only to read minds. But still, this event turned my life upside down. Hi, my name's Emma, and I'm going to tell you why reading other people's minds isn't as cool as it sounds. Up till a certain point, I was living a carefree life in Boston with my parents. Ever since I was a kid, I was very active. I was eager to do it all sing, paint, organize birthday parties for everyone I knew. My parents would always stop me and say, Emma, maybe you should focus on one thing at a time. But I didn't understand why, when there was so much to do in the world. By high school, I was already the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, chairman of the debate club, and a straight-A student. I don't know how you do it all. My friend Nora used to tell me. I have to study for my math test, and it's like you're a thousand miles ahead of me. It just seems that way. I can barely keep up. I've got a paper to write, and a violin lesson, and a date with Lionel. Yeah. I blushed a little. We're going to the movies tonight. Cool. Cool. I hope it goes well for you. I adored Nora, and I could talk to her about anything. We'd been best friends since kindergarten. From the moment Nora told me that she kissed Tom, we never hid anything from each other. She was the one who introduced me to Lionel. I was so nervous before the date. I asked myself the usual questions. What to wear? What should we talk about? Does he really like me? What if he thinks I'm boring? Doubts overwhelmed me for the rest of the evening. But, nothing bad happened. We ended up having a great conversation. He told me about how they were preparing for the new soccer season, and how the whole team got food poisoning from Patrick's sandwiches. And I said something about the upcoming newspaper release. Even though we didn't have similar interests, we still found common ground. The next day, I didn't remember what the movie was about, but I remembered the moment when Lionel grabbed my hand, and then timidly let it go. The school newsroom was as noisy and chaotic as usual. Even though our work was not paid, it felt as if we were preparing for an issue of Times Magazine. Emma, where have you been? You're late! was the first thing I heard when I walked into the room. That served as our office. Tim grudgingly crossed his arms and waited for me to answer. Argent business! We don't know what to put on the front page. The story about the poisoning of the soccer team, or Brad Mm. Falchuk's story about the school being overrun by zombies no horror stories i exclaimed the story isn't as bad as usual tim sad and showed me the manuscript no i'd rather have a story about soccer players we give them too much attention as it is what if they miss the new season that's important news tim muttered something brad was his friend so he was always bringing his horribly written stories to the newsroom in general tim was a great assistant we often disagreed though He hated sports and school gossip. I, on the other hand, thought it was an important part of school life. If there's a fresh love story, preferably a sad one with yelling and crying, it's great for the paper. So our paper was either loved or hated. Even though I was busy most of the time, I still managed to find time for Lionel. Going to the movies and coffee shops with him, listening to music. I even went to his team practice sometimes After a while, we could no longer be without each other. One day, I stayed late at the newsroom and was late for a date with Lionel. I got out of school and saw a bus approaching the bus stop. I rushed towards it. There was a loud hunk and a screech of brakes when I was halfway there. I froze for a moment, and then there was darkness. I woke up at the hospital. My head felt heavy, like a marble ball. Everything was a blur. I could see faces... But I didn't recognize them. Then I fell asleep again. As I was later told, I ran onto the road without looking around and was hit by a car. The recovery process took several weeks. During that time, I discovered the strangest thing. Sometimes I thought I could hear someone talking, but their mouth was closed. At the same time, I thought it was some kind of side effect of the medication, but I was wrong. The first time I realized that there was something wrong with me, was when I was driving home with my parents. I settled in the back seat and heard my mom say, <gasps> what was she thinking? She almost died. Always oh, running around like a wind-up doll. That's not true. I tried to justify myself. I was in a hurry and that car came out of nowhere. What are you talking about, honey? We don't blame you, said my father. Mom said I was a wind-up doll. I never said that, she protested, her eyes widening in surprise. But I just heard you say it. I didn't say anything, she said firmly, and then added to herself. How does she know what I was thinking? I hope I can make it to the game, my father said to himself. You just picked me up from the hospital, and you're already thinking about the game? No, I'm not. Dad protested, dumbfounded, and then, is she reading my mind? Mm. No, it can't be. She can probably tell by the look on my face that I want to get to the game in time. I leaned back in my seat and just stared out the window. I need to come to my senses. Everyone probably feels like they can hear or see something after an accident. I didn't pay much attention to the whole incident. But what happened at school could no longer be mistaken for an accident or post-hospital fatigue. As I entered the school building, fragments of phrases flashed through my head, which seemed to be addressed to no one in particular. No one notices me. It's like I'm invisible. I'll probably have to repeat the year, unless I manage to cheat in math. She said she didn't meet up with Darren, but I saw them. I need to eat less. I need to eat less. I looked at everyone with a surprised, almost frantic look. Then Kevin came up to me. It's good to see you. I hope you've recovered. When Kevin finished his sentence, I immediately heard his voice. Mm -hmm. Miss Perfect is going to remind us again how insignificant we all are. Even though she herself can't even cross the road safely. I didn't understand where the voice was coming from. It made me feel uncomfortable. Were those his thoughts? The idea slipped through my head. Okay, I'll see you in biology class. Kevin left before I could answer. And I ran into Nora. She jumped up to me and gave me a big (gasps) hug. I was so worried about you! And immediately, Damn, I wish she could stay in the hospital forever. Why? I exclaimed. Aren't you glad to see me? I am, very much so. Nora fluttered her eyelashes innocently, and at that moment, I heard. Do I have it written all over my face that I'm not thrilled at all? I see. I walked out of the school and sat down on the bench. What's going on? I thought, why isn't anyone happy to see me? Am I going crazy, or can I really read their minds? I heard something about people waking up with superpowers after an accident, but it can't be true, right? The facts proved otherwise. I could clearly hear what people were thinking, and as it turned out, a lot of people didn't have the highest opinion of me. Show off. Well, here she comes. Homecoming queen. Dummy. Though their faces lit up with the most benevolent smiles in the world. That's when Lionel appeared. It would be better if it were a dream and not reality. Hey, Emma. He put his (laughs) arm around my waist and kissed me on the cheek. How are you? Terrible. I feel like I'm going crazy. I wish you were. I wouldn't have to lie to you about Nora. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. Sure. My head was spinning. Lionel and Nora? No way. They wouldn't do that to me. But Warren's thoughts finally convinced me of what I didn't want to believe. Poor Emma. Doesn't even know her boyfriend was hanging out with Nora while she was in the hospital. I was shattered and depressed. Everyone turned their backs on me. Just as I was about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar voice behind me. She's back! It was Tim. Don't think that we were struggling without you. And then to himself. But the truth is... It was a mess here without you. It's so good that you're back. I sneered. Everything has probably fallen into shambles in the last three weeks. Not at all. People got a break from all the gossip. At least. You're probably right. What? What happened to Emma who used to chase every tabloid headline? Still at the hospital. Tim smiled, and I could hear what he was thinking. How glad I am to see you. If only you knew how much I've missed you. I was so surprised by what I heard. I couldn't really say anything, especially since I had to go to class. I always thought Tim didn't like me, but it turned out that wasn't the case. Somehow, I pulled myself together and got back to doing what I liked best. I devoted even more energy to the school paper. I spent hours reading textbooks and played the violin and a lot of other things. But I also wanted to get even with Nora and Lionel. So... I wrote an article about the two faced couple. It came out pretty bitter and spiteful. I shouldn't have been so harsh, but it was too late to change it. Nora was very affected by the anonymous article, and I think you can all guess who the author was. I got a lot of fans after that article. Emma's really cool to do something like this. How conniving they are. That Lionel and Nora was in everyone's mind, and while everyone sympathized with me, Everyone was avoiding Nora and calling her a stalker behind her back. So, my best friend became my sworn enemy. She, in fact, started a rumor that I was the first one who stole her boyfriend. I had to write a rebuttal article. People's opinion of me and Nora changed literally every day. I was either a liar or a hero. This whole show is beginning to annoy me. The only one who was consistently supportive of me the whole time was Tim. Yeah, forget it. People say what they say. You know how easy it is to manipulate other people's opinions. I think you did the right thing. You don't like articles like that. Yeah, but they deserved it. Nora didn't want to apologize and make peace with me. Instead, she and Lionel decided to take revenge on me. Not just verbally. She stole my diary and scattered the pages all over school. Now everyone knew something that wasn't meant for the wider audience. When I came to school, Everyone already knew my secrets. Hmm. Tim wanted to calm me down and give me a hug. But my emotions got the better of me, and I ran out into the street. The car came out of nowhere in the same spot as the last time. I think the road was cursed or something. I ended up in the hospital again. Nothing serious this time. I bruised my arm and banged my head slightly. The effect was staggering. I no longer heard voices. I couldn't hear anyone's thoughts. People were a mystery to me again. Tim was visiting me in the hospital the whole time, (laughs) updating me on the latest news. The school principal investigated what had happened and found out what Nora had done. She was suspended from school for a while. Our feud stopped only a month later, when we were finally able to have a normal (laughs) conversation. Meanwhile, my relationship with Tim took a turn. At first, we just started talking a lot. But then, he admitted that he'd been in love with me for a long time. I really like you too. I told him, when I went back to school, I was well aware that everyone knew my secrets, but (laughs) I couldn't hear anything else, and I didn't care what anyone thought of me. The main thing was that Mm. I had someone around me who liked me Mm. and always supported me, (laughs) although this had no effect on our work at the newspaper. Tim and I continued to argue for hours about what to put on the front page. So, that's my story. Tell me. Would you like to be able to read other people's minds? And how would you use that ability? Write about it in the comments.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first, it happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well, and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was six years old, but something went wrong that day. I wanted to show my sister how skillfully I could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle, but because of the wet road, the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down along with me. I could not manage to control the movement of the bike, so I collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard. My sister, Melody, immediately rushed to me, but I lost consciousness. It came to my senses a few days later in the hospital. My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of censors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up. But in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot. Doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this. And I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although, since then, a little more than a year has passed and I still can't taste anything. It makes my life unbearable and gloomy. I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. Doctors prescribe me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me, but then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before, I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me, and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once quite an ordinary morning began as always with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before he used to mock me just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later, Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor behind the stairs where it was possible to talk face to face where no one could hear us. Well, finally, I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat, so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days, and during this time, he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this, he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael, and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon a miracle happened. One of my classmates gave me candy. I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now, I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking. Whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realized that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share your answers in the comments. Click the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel to stay with us. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean
4: had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, He didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault. It's all you, shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. (laughs) Poor guy, I thought, that must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? (laughs) Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys seeing me coming quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? (laughs) Well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. No! Not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse, that's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad, as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Miss Misfortune, we won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time, and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me, I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam, what's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door, just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger. But I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself, (sighs) and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me, so without another word I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts no one came within a few meters of me moreover i noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers i found out later that mike and dean were responsible for the boycott maybe it wasn't nice what i did to dean but i didn't want to hurt mike i guess that's how the hurt effect works no one wanted to figure anything out i was by default the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. (sighs) Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said, children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother, I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then...